Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Uh, man, that, that, that nine, what was it, 8.30 is the first service, is that when it was? Not yet. What's, what's half an hour between friends, right? The, the first service, over the top, unbelievable. I think, well, shoot, it'd be great if they could do that again. And here we are, unbelievable worship, a time to interact. We take communion. I, I, I really do want you to grab a hold of what takes place every time you come together in this house. And, and it's my pleasure to have become friends with Pastor Braden and now Pastor Keith and, and Leanne and Natalie and, and then the girls. How about the girls in the front row, huh? Just... I am a father of uh, three daughters, and uh, we thought, okay, let's give this one our best effort. And we, we had a fourth child, and it was a little man-child, and so we have, we have three girls and a son. Uh, if that's what you're believing for, my faith was not right the first three times, and they're just unbelievable women. It's crazy. And so we get to raise them, and we did have a son uh, who is inflicting pain on somebody right now. So it's, it's kind of his thing. It's his spiritual gifting, so it's great, but... Uh, an honor to be here. And, and I just want to, I don't know if I can do this enough. I want to honor the leadership in this house. One, because I love them. Like that, that, that's what's fun for me. I get to uh, travel the world a little bit and see people. But what means the most to me is seeing my friends do what they were born to do. And I met Braden a, a few years ago and, and it, we had a phone call, I don't know, five or six years ago. And I'm telling you, one of the best first five minutes of a phone call I've ever been on. And I just thought, golly, we got we to get hooked up and, and, and have over all these years. But he's an apostle. And he's a leader. And he's a spiritual force and authority. And honestly, girls, I want you to know that. And I think you do, because I see you honor. And, but, and your mama. But just, I want to honor the leadership in this house. And have gotten to know Keith over these last couple months. And it's like, oh my gosh. I just, want you, I just want you to recognize it. You don't know me, so take it for what it is. But I'm telling you where this is headed, what this is, the authority represented in this room because of this leadership, you get to walk in that. You submit to God, you submit to the leadership of this house, you get to walk in that level of authority. That's how this works. And, and where we're going to go today is, is a little bit along those lines, but, but this idea, man, there is, we're singing about it, there's breakthrough for us. There's breakthrough for Lubbock in the, the greater area. Let's go get that. There's some requirements on us. Think, think about God kind of doing his thing. He's like, hey, I set you up to win. You get to wake up every day and decide to do that. So, so that's kind of where we're going to go. And I, what, what I know to be true, we're, we're going to talk about the in-between because it's a little bit comfortable. I personally like to be out front, but then out front, you got to take some hits. And, and then there's times where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm falling along and I'm, but a lot of times I think we've got to get in between, and sometimes we're figuring out the season that we're in. Seasons change. Are we in between seasons? I love the verse, don't grow weary in doing good, because in due season, if you don't give up, you'll reap a harvest. Well, a lot of our life, we live in the don't grow weary. That's an interesting season to be in. Well, and then it's like, well, thank God I got the harvest. The harvest is the hardest part. You got to go work to get it. So every single part of this is this amazing process with God, but one thing I know to be true in all of it is we can't back down, period. I, I, could, I could set the mic down and think, think about the areas of your life where you've been tempted to back down and fix that, and it'll change the rest of your life. So, so back down, I, I looked it up. I, I like definitions sometimes if they help make my point, right? 
you just find the one you like. And I go, oh, that's a good one. I'm going to use that one, right? So, so preacher trick. So, so to back down is to withdraw from a commitment or a position. So, so what I'm not going to do, and I, I love this extra moment in here. It says, oftentimes as a result of opposition. Well, shoot, I'm not going to. Uh, there's some opposition in my marriage. We're, you know what? We, we're, we're not dancing around and, and, and singing tonight. I, what, what's going on? There's a little opposition. I'm not going to back down from that. I'm not going to withdraw because there's some opposition. I'm going to engage. What I like to say is I'm going to double down. I'm not going to back down. We're going to double down. All you poker players are snickering. You're like, oh, I did that last night, brother. Yeah, I got you. I doubled down, baby. Let's double down in the areas that we know we're called to, to, to live in and to operate in, the authority that God has provided for us. Let's double down. Devil, I'm not backing up. Pack a lunch. We're here. Commitment. I'm walking into a room with no exits. That's commitment. So, for, for, I don't know why I'm, I'm on married couples right now. I'm, I'm missing my wife. I've been away a couple days. Like, oh, trust me, babe, I preached on marriage. Can we, can we go kiss a little bit? Right, that's, a, that's the, okay, but, but commit. I've walked into that room and there's no exits. If I'm not looking for the exit, guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make the most of the situation that I'm currently in. I'm not wasting time looking for an exit. This is my church. Man, you gotta be thinking like that. It, it, and it daggum better be. That was some good music, Right? Keith gets up here and leads us in an anointed time. That's what you get here. But man, there's no exit. I'm not looking for the reasons to try to escape. I'm here. I'm doubling down on my commitment to the house, my commitment to Jesus. He did that for you. How about we respond? Point number one. I'll, I'll, I'll preface it. One of my favorite verses. It's a verse we teach a lot. I, my church that I, I was on staff for a number of years Love ministry, had the chance after that to, to kind of travel the world a little bit with some international stuff. Now get to work with pastors and, and leaders. But the name of our church in Tulsa is Guts Church, okay? And the smart people are trying to figure out what it stands for. But my pastor will admit he's not that smart. It doesn't stand for anything, okay? It just means it's simply what it takes to live for Jesus, period. What's the term, acronym, Brayden had to help me with that. I was like, yeah, I guess I don't know what that is. Okay, good. So I just proved my SAT score. So it's all good. But the, the, listen, how about we just take that stance? So it's going to take a little bit of guts to serve Jesus. I'm sure you've experienced that, right? It took a little guts for Jesus to be Jesus. It took some guts to get up on that cross. It took some guts to whoop the devil and, and, and raise again, right? So, so the, the verse I'm referring to, though, it's, it's, I love it in Matthew when they just said, hey, Jesus is getting his guys fired up. He's like, hey, Peter, on this rock... I'm going to build the church. But let me be very clear, the gates of hell can't prevail against the church. So you know another way to say that? We're tougher than hell. Okay, that's where we get to live. That, that's, that's who you are. They're the, the men and women in this room. If you've given your life to Jesus, you get to operate like that. We're going to walk out of this room empowered and excited today, and you get to walk with the confidence you're tougher than hell. Let's go. So you know what I say? It's kind of like, it's like, man, if we're going to go into a fight that I know I'm going to win, I'm picking the big guy, right? There's going to be a great story. He whooped the big guy. Oh, yeah, I knew I was going to win. Of course I picked the big guy. That's us every day. That's, that's you in your industry. Man, that's you in ministry. That's you when the devil tries to come at you. Pick the big guy. Swing away. You're going to win. I'm not backing down. So I come back to what we got to do a lot of times, kind of get into it, though. 
The, the Bible says that we're more than conquerors. Well, a conqueror wins. If I'm more than a conqueror, I knew I was going to win going into it. How about that mindset? So I'm going to take you to a, a story, and I love the, the setup of this story. It's in Numbers 16. And, and it's a great moment. You've got the children of Israel. They were supernaturally released from Egypt. That's nuts. Now they're in the wilderness. A lot of things are going on. And they think they've got a better idea than God, okay? And, and some of us might have been guilty of that this morning, okay? But let's, let's not do that. So they, they're looking at it and they're saying, hey, you know what? Maybe Moses and Aaron aren't the only guys that should be leading this thing. And this group of people comes together. They try to oppose God's appointed leadership. Kind of wild. The ground opens up, eats up 250 people, okay? That just happened right before what I'm going to read you. And what's great about it is people saw that happen and thought, you know what? I think we should still oppose this leadership. Let's go try it again. I know some people got gobbled up yesterday. That was weird. But that was Tuesday. Now it's Wednesday. Maybe it'll be different, right? So that's happening. Look at this verse, Numbers 16, 46. What happens is these people try to oppose them again, and a plague breaks out among the people. But Moses and Aaron decide to stay in the middle. They don't just say, well, God, yes, they are opposing us. Let them die. They get in the middle of this thing, which is what we have to do. And watch what, watch what happens. Moses said to Aaron, his little brother, take a censer and put fire in it from the altar. Put incense on it and take it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them, for wrath has gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun. It's sweeping through the people. Then Aaron took it as Moses commanded. That's a big deal. There's some spiritual leadership in your life, and what you need to do is take it as it was commanded. Whoever that's for this morning, receive from that spiritual leadership. And here's why. He ran into the midst of the assembly, and already the plague had begun among the people. He put the incense and made atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stopped. I picture this in football terms because you've got something that's broken out amongst the people and the plague has started here and I'm sorry for this kind of first group of you that it's affecting. But Moses looks at Aaron and he says, hey, I think you're a little quicker than I am. I need you to, make an, I need you to take an angle and get there. Aaron takes off at that. He's got to cut the plague off but the first thing he had to do is he had to go get something from the altar. The altar's the table. The altar's where we eat. The altar's what we did when we first came in here and set the tone and the precedent for this service. What we did for that first 30 or 45 minutes was getting through the altar. I need to get something from the altar because that's gonna give me the power and the authority to stop the plague. Whatever the plague might be in your life, your family's life, this city's life, your company's life, we get to go to the altar, get filled up, and we get to take it and cut that thing off. That's what we have to do. I picture Aaron just head back, sprinting. He's like, oh, God, I should have trained my hammy, right? He's just running. He's got to cut that thing off. And then he's there, and he's standing between the living and the dead. And that's you. That's me. I gave my life to Jesus, and it changed everything. And in that moment, we get to walk in that authority. Get filled up. We can't pour out what we haven't put in. Man, you get up this morning, it's like, okay, I'm gonna, tomorrow morning, it's Monday, I gotta, I gotta, I've gotta go pour out. Man, I'm telling you, that's why you came to church today. That's why you've got your personal time and relationship with Jesus. I'm getting filled up because there might just be an opportunity to stand between the living and the dead. 
And what I would encourage you, man, young people in here, you get to go to school tomorrow. What's that, what's that keyboarder's name? Carson? No, you talk, no, have a conversation with Carson before you leave today and just let him tell you about Jesus. He's spitting revelation at us. But he said, I get to go to my school. I don't know another place where I'm gonna be surrounded with more people tomorrow. That's it. You're gonna go to your job. You're gonna, you're gonna be on a Zoom call. You're gonna be whatever you're doing. And you will be around people that you need to get in the middle of and stand between them and what the devil's trying to do to their life. And you get to be the authority in that situation. A great friend of mine, my, my longtime best friend was in a terrible scooter accident. He's scooting home. He thought it was fun. The wind's blowing through his hair, no helmet. A car pulls out in front of him. He hits that car. He flips over the top of that car. His head hit the car first. He flipped over one more time. His head hit the concrete. The police officer that was the first one on the scene said, I can't believe I had to see a young man die today. His brain's already swollen up, but they take him to the hospital just for, to officially state that he's dead. I get a call from his wife. She's not sure how bad it is at the time. I said, hey, I'm in the truck. I will meet you at the hospital. I walked into the hospital with his wife. She's a God-fearing, fantastic woman. We're in the room and the doctor came in and he said, honestly, there's not much we can do. His brain is so swollen. And she looked at him and she says, I am in covenant with his body because we're married. He will live and he will not die and that's where we stand. And I'm like, I got the shivers. I mean, it was it. Was it. I'm, I'm like there to like help her and I'm like, whoa, 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 hey, we're getting behind that, let's go. They do the surgery that night. They said there's, there's a very minimal chance he'll even survive the surgery. His brain's so swollen. They do the surgery, he's still alive. Okay, we're gonna be able to move into another room. So about 20 of us went to that room and just took authority over the room. And here's what we stood on. It was great that it was referred to. What we just said was the name of Jesus is above every other name. So here's what's gonna happen. Every time a doctor come in here and says something, his face is completely broken. He punctured both of his lungs. Nothing was working. They said, if he lives through the week, he'll be a vegetable the rest of his life. I said, okay, thank you. Vegetable, I could take that word. Guess what vegetable falls under? The name of Jesus, right? No, his face is broken, perfect. Guess what that, oh, right under the name of Jesus. We need those lungs to work, perfect. Lungs fit under the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus that's above every other name. It was shocking what continued to take place. He's in a, he's in a coma. They said he'll be in the coma for at least a month if he wakes up to be a vegetable. Three days later, that sucker wakes up from the coma. Two weeks later, he walked out of the hospital. The whole story's crazy. They'll write a book about it. I mean, you talk about close to home. He's been my best friend for 20 years. And they thought he was dead that day. And I'm telling you, what set the tone for it was his wife getting in the middle of that and making that declaration. I'm in covenant with his body. He will live and not die, period. Now let's get to work. What situation do you need to get in the middle of? Where do you need to stand between the living and the, that was her moment. There is death for her husband right here and I'm gonna stand right here. And you're not getting through. That's how we get to live. That's how we get to operate. So I just want you thinking as we're talking today, man, what's stirring inside of you? What people are coming to mind? What situations are you starting to recognize that you've gotta get in the middle of? A month ago, my wife and I were together running some errands and I went into a gas station right after that. I love this gas station. Unbelievable tacos, they've got breakfast. I mean, 
I found out in the first service, it's called Quick Trip. You don't have them here. I am personally going to work on getting you a Quick Trip, okay? It's, it's the best gas station, okay? You're welcome, sir. You got it. I'm walking into said gas station, and as I'm walking in, I thought I heard a lady say, I don't want to get in the car with you to this other guy. And I was like, ah, okay. That taco's got to wait. I turned back around. I said to the cash, the guy working, the manager, I said, hey, I think there's a situation out here. I'm going to go get in the middle of it. And he's shocked. He's like, well, okay, well, I've got to, I've got to fill up the Coke machine. Or, you know, whatever. He's kind of doing gas station stuff. So I walk out there. But this other guy actually does come out there with me. And there's this big sucker out there. He's got a beard. He's got tattoos. And he's in this lady's face. And so now I'm kind of getting worked up a little bit. And he's kind of pointing at her. And he says, I said, you will get in the car. She says, I don't want to get in the car with you. And so I just walked over and I said, ma'am, you do not have to get in the car with him. And this big old sucker turns around just mad. And he goes, what'd you just say? You know, he's all mad and fired up. And I said, ma'am, if you'd like to go inside, I think they'll take care of you in there. It's all good. And he turns around and pulled a knife on me. He's a big guy. So I'm thinking, oh shoot, I've got one of those, but it's in my truck. Matter of fact, I've got brass knuckles, a gun. I've got a lot of things in the vehicle, not on me. Okay. And they're all legal. It's great. Uh, Oklahoma's awesome. So um, the lady takes the opportunity and goes inside. And now it's just me and this fella. The guy that came out to help me was very happy to escort the lady inside. He was like, ah, I didn't sign up for the knife. You know what I mean? It's all good. So now it's just me and the knife guy. And what's great is, I didn't realize this first, he had a little necklace and on that was a dagger, okay? Holding a knife and now he's holding his necklace, which in my opinion, is a silly thing to decorate yourself with, but he's holding a dagger, holding a knife, and now we're standing there kind of face to face. And I think it's kind of funny because how are you going to stab me with your necklace? None of it makes sense, okay? But I said, hey, sir, I'm not playing. She's not getting the car with you. She's already inside. Take it to the house. And he just like looks at me. Now we're just having eye contact. And this was the moment I thought, am I about to get stabbed? You know, it's kind of the, that moment. And he just screams this terrible cuss word and storms off and goes and gets in his truck. I go back inside the gas station, and the lady's in there making hot dogs, putting queso on it, which I thought was great, right? She's covering it up. And I just said, ma'am, for what it's worth, you deserve better than that guy. And God loves you, and he has a plan for your life. And she broke and just started weeping. And she just said, nobody has told me that in a long time. Thank you for the reminder. I don't know where she is today, the whole situation, but what I do know is there will be those moments for all of us the rest of our lives. It's a lot easier to act like you didn't hear something, act like you didn't see something, or be aware of it and just keep moving. We all have a lot of stuff going on. I got my own kids to raise. Man, I'm trying to make my money. Stop it. What do we need to get in the middle of? What needs and deserves our attention because you walk with the authority of heaven. Jesus died on the cross for us and gave us that power. It would be a disservice to the world if we didn't operate in it every single day, every single time. That's who you are. That's who we get to be. We're going to call ourselves Christians and followers of Christ. Let's get in the middle. Let's get in between. Number two, man your post. This idea is critical. So, so once we say, okay, I'm, I'm willing to kind of get in the middle. I, I, I may be buying into what you're talking about. Well, now let's man the post that we're talking about. I want to show you a verse in Nehemiah. It's going to go, we're going to go Nehemiah 4.10. And this is kind of where it starts. But if you need a, a touch of context, Nehemiah was a cup bearer for a king, which means he's the one that 
sips it to make sure that the king doesn't die. Kind of a cool job, kind of an awful job. You know what I mean? It's like, man, on the, on the good days, you're in the palace. On the bad days, ah, there was poison in there, right? So not ideal. But Nehemiah's doing his thing. Here's about Jerusalem where he's from being destroyed. And what he does is he recognizes, I've got to go get in the middle of that. I need to take some responsibility for that. Talks to the king. The king lets him go. He goes and starts rebuilding this wall. And I just want to remind you, anytime you're going to build something, anytime you're going to do something great, there will be opposition. Like, if you didn't know that, this is a huge favor we're providing you today. There's going to be some opposition. And now that we know that, it's like, okay, let me get my faith in line with recognizing. The Bible's great. It's so clear on some of this. It's like, hey, remember the story that there's a guy, this guy's building a house. One guy builds it on the sand. One guy builds it on the rock. Guess what happened to both of them? The storm hit. Buckwild winds hit both. A crazy storm hit both. And the whole point of it is the guy that built his house on the rock was still standing. Jesus said, hey, guys, I want you to get in the boat. And what we're going to do is go to the other side. Guess what happened right in the middle of that? The storm hits. These fishermen have been raised on the water, lose their minds, forget everything they've ever learned, and start screaming that they're going to die and sink. Man, when we get in fear, we forget what we already know. Man, let's recognize that. It's like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Fear, you have no place here. I know who I am. I know what the word says. I know what I stand on. Get in the, he said we're going to the other side. He didn't mention, and there's going to be a storm, and that's okay. Let me remind you, there's probably going to be a storm. We're still going to get to the other side. The storm hit us both. The house is still standing. Nehemiah is trying to build something great. Man, some of y'all are building something. You, you might be disrupting an industry. We like that. That's what we're called to do. Let's flip this thing on its head. Let's build the greatest church this place has ever seen. I got a feeling there's going to be a whole lot of Renew Life churches all over the country. I'm just, I got a feeling. There, there's an apostolic anointing on this house that you get to be a part of. But guess what's going to come with that? Opposition. So here's how, here, here's what's said. People start freaking out. They're getting some opposition. I like that it gives us a list in verse 10. It says, the leaders of Judah said, the strength of the burden bearers is failing. There is much rubble. We ourselves are unable to build the wall. That's what the leaders said. Hey guys, thanks for being leaders. Appreciate you. Okay, look. Then our enemies said, they won't know or see us until we're among them. We're gonna kill them and put a stop to the work. So that's what the bad guys are saying. Okay, good. Now we, got, now we know what they said. Now, just like everybody else, just like the regular folks, the Jews who live near him said, they keep saying to us repeatedly from every place you turn, they're going to come up against us. Great. Leaders can't see it. Enemies are looking to take advantage, and our own people have lost the vision. Here's how Nehemiah responds. Verse 13. So, I stationed our men behind the wall in the lowest places at the open position where it was least protected, and I stationed the people in families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. They're building a wall. There's a bunch of holes in the wall. And so as a result of that, we've got to put some people in the right positions to protect the wall. Sir, would you help me real quick? Would you mind coming up here? You seem like, you want to help real quick? Yeah. Sir, you mind? Okay. Come on up. I picked the baddest dudes in here, okay? So if you want some trouble, it's going to be with us, okay? You feeling me? Come on. I thought about getting a neck tat right before I came, but I said, you said, you know what? Not this weekend, but maybe next, okay? So here we are. This is what Nehemiah did. 
He said, there are some holes in the wall, sir. Would you mind, would you mind standing your post here and protecting this hole in the wall? You up for that? Okay. You mind doing the same thing? Okay, right here. This is a vulnerable part of the wall that we're trying to rebuild, which will fortify the entire city, but we have to get the protection in place first. Sir, you mind, you mind standing there? Maybe don't let anybody through. You okay with that? Yes, sir. But here, you're a stud. Okay, so, but then here's what happens. He said, I positioned them by their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. So now it's not just you standing there. Man, you got your, is that your wife and kids over there? So imagine them behind you. Come on. Listen, I, I trust him to hold it by himself, right? I trust you to hold it by, I trust you. That's why you got picked to come up here. But now your families are behind you? Now you realize what's actually on the line here? Oh my gosh. Is anybody getting through? No. Anybody getting through? I got three little girls and a son that's probably headbutting the girls right now. But I'm just telling you, if you're trying to get through the spot that I'm responsible for, that you're responsible for, there's not a chance. Nehemiah is a genius. Okay, look, let's think about this in your life right here, right now. Who are the people that need you to stand in the gap for them? Because a lot of times people don't even understand the threat that's coming at them. So, so they're uneducated. I'm not going to hold that against them, but we are going to protect them while we get them educated. And there's other people that even if they know that the threat's coming, actually can't do anything about it right now. And that's where we come in. That's where you come in. Man, there's people that don't understand what the devil's trying to do. It's like, well, I just, listen, let's be the ones that stand in the gap. And then here's the thing. In this process sometimes, here's the mindset that sometimes we have. It's like, man, it feels like I'm stuck here. I've been standing, I've been holding this spot. I've been manning my post. I got to tell you today, you're not stuck, you're stewarding. Here's what we know to be true about stewardship. What follows stewardship every time is increase. That's what's coming to you. If you will man your post, you're going to protect your family. You're going to protect your family. You're going to protect what means most to you. And increase is going to come on the backside of that. Here's the other thing. I like that what he did was he put their why right next to him. Let there be no doubt. This is why I've got to man my post. Man, a lot of you brought your why with you today. Your kids are in, in kids' church or they're in here. And it's like, man, that's why we do this. That's why I've got to be a woman of God. That's why I've got to be a man of God. We're going to raise these kids to be absolute world changers. And while we're doing that, we're going to man our post. Here's the other thing he said at the, at the end of this. When I saw their fear, I stood and said to them, do not be afraid. Remember the Lord who's great and awesome. With courage from him, fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and for your homes. And then he did something even cooler. He said, we got to keep building, but we also have to be ready to fight. So from this point forward, I need each of you to have a sword in one hand and a tool in the other, a trowel, a shovel, because I need you to build and simultaneously be ready to fight. That's us. Man, what are you building in your life right now? Don't stop building. Just be ready to fight. Man, I'm going to build, I'm going to build, I'm going to build. We're going to build these kids up to be men and women of God. We're going to build these companies. Man, we're going to build ministry. We're going to do things people have never seen before. But you better believe there will be opposition and we will be ready to fight at the same time. You want to give these guys a hand? Great job, fellas. Thank you. Thank you, sir. People are counting on you. And I, th I think what we've got to do is probably start to recognize what manning our post really looks like.
Man, some of you, it's like, listen, you, you got to come home to your wife every night. You got to man your post. Man, we, we can't get sloppy. It's a, man, I can't be flirting with a secretary and be manning my post. Those two things don't go together. Man, we can't look at porn and, and man our post. We, we, can't, we, we can't lose sight of what God's put in front of us and the opportunity that there is and the people that are counting on us. That's manning your post. That's getting in the middle. What those fellows were doing was getting between the enemy and everything they care about. That's what we get to do every day. And here's the great thing. Jesus did that for us. Got messy, came from heaven to earth, died on the cross, actually said, God, if there's any other way, man, I'm okay with that. In the garden, man, he's, he's bleeding. He's sweating blood and saying, God, if, 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 if there's another way, but if it's your will for me to do this, I will die for them. Man, we, we, a lot of us, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm laying my life down for this. God, I'm in. I'm going to emulate what Jesus did for me. A, a, a Navy SEAL came and spoke to us at one point, and, and he said there's a big difference between hard and strong. Because there's a lot of strong people. This guy can do 100 push-ups. This guy can squat 600 pounds. This, uh, strong's great. But he said, what I'll take is hard every day. I need a hardened person. It's raining outside. They're not going to mention it. Now, I'm aware that it's raining. We still have to execute Man, the, 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 the pandemic hit. I know, let's build a great company. How about we walk in the favor of God and keep moving? That's hard. We harden ourselves to difficulty. And as a matter of fact, because we do that, then we harden ourselves to future difficulty and in the process, increase our capacity. That's how we get to roll. That's how we get to function. Last point I wanna hit you with. Number three, see beyond your current circumstance. See, if we'll, if we'll recognize the power of I'm not stuck, I'm stewarding, man, it opens up a whole new world. Man, what else does God want to do? I need you to be great. He's, he's so clear, parable of the talents. You were faithful with a little bit. I'm going to make you ruler over much. Man, what are, you, what are you stewarding right now? What's currently in your hand right now? It's like, listen, it doesn't seem like much, but I can take care of this. I can do this well. It, it, man, you're still in school? Man, I'm, I'm going to do well in school. I'm going to do this. I'm here. Whatever your current job is, how about you're great at it today and see what God does with it tomorrow? You just retired. It's like, I'm going to be great at this retired thing. Who can I impact? Where do I need to get in the middle? And I think one of the best examples I've seen of this that, that's fun to talk about in the Word was a famous story of good old David and Goliath. David's a shepherd boy. Zero notoriety. Nobody knows who he is. He's, he's last in the pecking order of a bunch of brothers. All the other brothers have been trained and are warriors and soldiers and have gone to join the Israeli army. And they're in a little mix-up with the Philistines. And, and David's dad says, I need you to deliver a snack to your brothers. Here's a basket of cheese. He's got a big old hot bowl of queso he's going to take to the brothers and he's going to hook them up. But he's a shepherd boy. He's just been out there with silly sheep talking to them and they're not talking back. He's like, am I weird? Are you? No, you just... Having a conversation, but you know what he's doing when he's out there? I got to believe he's out there praying. He's talking to God. Playing his little harp, getting good at it. Sitting there with this old slingshot. It's like, I bet I can get that beer can over there. Just whoop. I got nothing else to do until a lion and a bear come. And then that practice, that preparation, that time with God, it's like he saw that lion come up and thought, I got to kill that thing or it's going to kill some sheep. 
And what I love about that is David could have said, I'm not going to put myself in harm's way. I'm not going to get in the middle. If we lose a couple sheep, it's better than me getting tangled up. But he didn't have that mindset in the small things. Matter of fact, he said, I killed the lion. I killed the bear. So now what happens? He's delivering snacks. He's an he's a old school Uber driver, right? He's taking something to his brothers. And while he's doing that, he hears Goliath speak. And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, can nobody else hear what he's saying right now? He's talking about you. He's talking about me. He's talking about our God. He's talking about our country. He's cussing at us. Who's going to kill him? And all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. I killed a lion. I killed a bear. Goliath's next and has such a confidence, he convinces the king to let him be the national representative against the baddest dude on the planet. How about that? So you know what he was doing? Stewarding. You know what he was doing? He didn't see himself as he currently was. He didn't see himself as a shepherd boy. In that moment, he had the clarity of vision from God to see himself as a giant killer. I don't have any of the credentials of anybody else here, but I think I'll go be the representative because I know who my God is. How about that? I'm telling you that's for somebody right here, right now in your industry. You may not have the credentials, but what I'm asking you to do is not see yourself where you currently are. Man, have you manned your post? Are you being faithful? Are you stewarding? Are you submitted to this house? Man, today's the, the first fruits offering, right? How about that for commitment? Man, I'm in. I am, this is my home. This is my church. Absolutely. I would not miss that for the world. I've got to get my first fruits. That is a sign and a display of your submission to this house. Submit to this house, walk in the authority of this house. That's how it works. Don't see yourself in your current situation. We've got to have a healthy dose of reality and a healthy dose of vision for the future. And that's what God consistently provides for us. You, you know that story. You know how that story ends. But, but I, 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 this quote is so strong. It says, oftentimes we have the habit of seeing our heroes through the lens of their finished lives. But we must remember it was a great series of choices that led to their final destination that made them great. See, sometimes decisions are emotional. I was in love with my wife. It was emotional. But now I've got to make the choice every day to be a great husband. That involves character. David made the decision to follow God. So for him, he saw a lion. It's like, whoa, I know what to do. I got to kill it. He saw a bear. I got to kill it. I see Goliath. I know what I have to do next. Let's live like that. Let's get in the middle. What David did was he put himself in the middle. The entire army had been paralyzed. Research actually shows that the Israelites intentionally brought the Philistines to that very place. That's where they, they had them where they wanted them. Where they were gave them a tactical advantage. But then all of a sudden, a giant presents himself. Goliath's the biggest, craziest thing they've ever seen, and it stopped an entire army in their tracks. But David wasn't there to get distracted by the fear. David comes on the scene and thought, I've been with God this whole time. I can kill him. That's us. Man, we're not, we're not swayed by the circumstance. You don't see yourself based on the circumstance. There is greatness inside of you. There are giants that you were born to kill. There are people that you were born to reach. And we've got to see that and own that and recognize that and then walk in the power that God gives us. 
I'm a big believer in this idea that we, there, it's gotta be grit plus grace. Grit's our best effort. I wanna wake up and be gritty. I, 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 wanna, I, wanna, I like to get up and be the hardest worker in the room. Let's outwork folks. Let's get up early and get in the word, man. Let's give our best effort in everything that we do. Be the best business owner and be the best dad. Be the best mama, be the best teacher. Whatever you do, that's the grit side of it. But what I'm gonna combine that with, what we're gonna walk in is grit plus grace. Grace has got supernatural ability, his supernatural power active in our lives. How about you give your best effort? Man, I'm looking at this as a father. My little girl was running in a race, this 5K deal at school, and she came in. We didn't practice much leading up to it, but the week of, she goes, hey, I kinda wanna run this race. And she's like the youngest one, it's fourth, fifth, and sixth, whole thing. Great, I like that. She goes, okay, so if I get up early, will you run with me? I gotta practice running a little bit. I said, hey, hey, if you'll be in my office at 6 a.m., I'll have my shoes on. If you show up, we'll go run. If not, I'll keep doing what I'm doing. 5.58 the next morning, that little girl's ready to roll. Did not expect her to show up. I gotta get my mind right. It's kind of cold outside, right? We're, we're jogging around the neighborhood. She, we come back in, she goes, hey, same place tomorrow. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. What do you want me to buy you a car right now? I've never been more happy in my life, right? Here's some candy, right? That won't help you race, okay? So we do it for three days in a row. Out of 250 kids, she's the youngest one. She gets seventh place out of 250 kids. She's fired up because she won a little water bottle. I'm thrilled, okay? It's great. We drink out of the thing all the time. I'm like, hey, it's dinner time. Let me try that water. It's great. Think about, think about this through the lens of God. Man, when we're giving our best effort, man, God, I'm gonna try my hardest, knowing I'm gonna mess up, knowing I'm not perfect. Perfection's not the goal. It's process. It's progress. Just like I saw my little girl, it's like, hey, I don't, I don't know if you're gonna win this thing or not, but I love the effort. I will do everything I possibly can to set you up to win. That's what God's saying to you right now. If you're willing to get a little dirty, if you're willing to emulate who we follow, I'm laying my life down for folks. Man, what if we said, I'm gonna get in the, I'm gonna get in the mix of whatever's needed to win Lubbock to Jesus. Man, you know what the Father's looking at you thinking? All I wanna do is set you up to win. David's saying, hey, listen, I'm not that big, I'm not that trained, but I am willing to go take on that giant. Guess what God did? Back this play. What do you need to get in the middle of today? Who needs you to get between the living and the dead? I'm, I'm hoping, I'm believing that there were some specific people or specific situations that stirred up in you today. The Bible says that he's a light to our feet. He's a lamp to our path. So what that means is he's not illuminating two miles out. It's simply showing you the next step. Man, God stirred somebody. To you. I got to get in the middle of that. I've got a man my post. I'm not stuck. I'm gonna be the best stewarder there ever has been. And I know that God's inside of me to absolutely make it possible. You're tougher than hell. You're gonna man your post. You're gonna see yourself beyond your current circumstance. And we're gonna provide and combine a little bit of grit and a little bit of grace. And you're gonna fulfill the call of God on your life. Man, he put greatness in you, and all he wants to do is help you fulfill those desires he put in you in the first place. We can win from here. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. 
For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.